Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. Uh, my name is Alec and I am your host. Uh, we are excited to be here again talking about coffee business and everything in between. Um, today we are on episode 21. If you haven't listened to the rest of the episodes yet, make sure you go back and subscribe on your uh, podcast app of choice uh, and uh, begin to enjoy everything that is the Coffee Unleashed podcast. Um, again, we are excited to uh, share uh, details about our company um, as well as uh, dive a little bit deeper with our guests um, and uh, do that in a big way. Um, so if you are interested in any of your questions being a- answered on the podcast or maybe you have a guest in mind that would be a great fit, uh, email us at hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com and we would love to uh, get in touch with you and, and hear a little bit about it. Um, Yeah, so today, episode 21, we're excited because we have our good friend and fellow uh, team member uh, of Indie Coffee Roasters uh, here with us today. Uh, So I'll let her introduce herself and then uh, let us know what coffee you've been enjoying lately. I am Corey Pickett, and my coffee of choice is pretty much always nitro, cold brew. Um, But lately, I've really enjoyed the Guatemalan pour over that we have at ICR. And I really like to put lavender in my coffee, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so Corey came to us in an interesting way uh, as far as joining the team, um, as well as you have many alter egos, so share those with us, too. Yeah, so I was started out as a regular coming to the coffee shop. Um, I would just I was the director of marketing for a company, and whenever I was working remotely, I would come to ICR, get nitro, chill there for like hours and work. And then I was really just sitting there one day trying to discern like how to quit my job, um, what I could do to have like an income that could kind of sustain me through creativity. Um, And I thought, huh, I could probably work in coffee. Mm -hmm. So I applied and knew I had zero experience in coffee other than just like I like to drink it. Um, but I've always been creative. So, you know, whether that's my magazine, whether that's, um, making jewelry, everything, I just wanted to be able to pursue all of that, but also have something to kind of carry me through. Um, so here I am now a barista and I feel like I actually, I actually know a thing or two (laughs) about coffee. Yeah, uh, Corey competed recently uh, in one of the Liga Latte throwdowns and did super well. Um, So tell us a little bit about that experience being someone who uh, obviously didn't come from coffee background. Yeah, so it was really intimidating at first. Um, You're just, you know, in this space of like people that... I don't know. I felt like everybody knew what they were doing, Mm -hmm. like in terms of like they could just like pour any design, anything. And I I think it was like two weeks ago, just learned how to pour a tulip. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was just like, well, I mean, I'm going to try this. And if it works, cool. And I happened to make it to the second round. So that was awesome. I think I was more surprised than Mm -hmm. anything. Um, Not really for lack of confidence, but just like I realized how many people had like been in coffee for years Mm -hmm. and then I just like it'll be a year in May Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so, and then talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned that you thought coffee was an avenue for you. Um, Share a little bit about that as far as it being either intimidating or what, you know, what did you feel when you were trying to take the leap? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously this is a podcast, so you can't see me, Hmm. Um, but I am a mixed-race biracial woman, and just like entering into the coffee industry in general, like there wasn't, there's not many people that look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to a throwdown, like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, which I've always experienced that throughout my life. Like I've always been the different one. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, no matter if that's because of how I look or mm-hmm. just like if I'm dancing to something or, you know, you know, like I just am always me. So just like walking into that space was different too. And that was intimidating. Cause I'm like, okay, like not that like, do I belong here? Mm. But it's like, okay, well I started asking a lot of like, well, why mm. do like, are there not more people that look like me mm-hmm. or, you know, anything like that? Cause it's not for a lack of like enjoyment mm-hmm. in the product. Um, so that question just like has been like circulating for me more and more, especially after like experiencing mm-hmm just like such a big like group experience like that yeah I mean we've talked uh multiple times sort of off offline I guess about um this issue and it being I I guess lack of representation would Mm -hmm. be sort of the Mm -hmm. uh the word you could describe it as um and what we've you know talked about has been you know, not for the for the intentionality of it. You know, uh, especially us at uh, at our company. You know, we don't care at all. It's all about your personality and your skill set and drive mm-hmm. and desire to be the best you can be. Um, so, obviously, the way you look or where you're from or or how much money you have or whatever isn't something that's on our minds. But I think. We've talked about like accessibility has been a problem or um, availability maybe yeah. like the lack of understanding that it's an option mm-hmm. um, is something that we've ran into a little bit um, and obviously we as a as business owners are limited to the people that apply so um, you know is our culture or environment not um, you know representing something open or um is there just an intimidation factor industry standard you know um that uh, has more culturally diverse people not thinking it's an option or you know right and like i always go back to when i was a regular like Mm -hmm. what made me keep coming to indie coffee roasters and yeah it's part of our like business model to educate Mm -hmm. and but I think that that should be across the board Mm -hmm. like especially if you're in an industry that has so much information Mm -hmm. that it's not like I think for a lot of people regardless your race anything it's like when you're when you're drinking coffee you're not thinking like oh there's like all these different countries Mm -hmm. I could be trying there's all these different like kinds of lattes Mm -hmm. there's literally so much knowledge Mm -hmm. that can be taught And I mean, even for me, like, I just knew I liked nitro, which Mm -hmm. I still do, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize there was all this other information. And with our shop, it's like, okay, you sit there and 
we naturally just start conversations mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to talk about coffee because we're in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. That's where we're working. Yeah. So we're being intentional about educating. Because, I mean, I talk with a lot of my friends, and they're like, well, I'd like... I would like to know more, and sometimes they'll walk into different coffee mm-hmm. shops and they feel like they can't ask questions mm-hmm. or that if they don't know what they want to order that they're wasting time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think it's just, like, being great at customer service mm-hmm. regardless, like, what who, who someone is because, it's like, we have people from all walks of life mm-hmm. that come in, mm-hmm. but it's, like, it's making them feel comfortable mm-hmm. and then following that up with like, okay, well, let me teach you because it's not for lack of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that's educating is like mm-hmm. super important to that. Yeah. And I mean, for you speaking from a, uh, like a cultural standpoint, is it frustrating or upsetting or something when you walk into a place and there's not many people that yeah. Feel um, or, or even look like you. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know that it's frustrating. Well, it is frustrating. <laughs> it's more like you want to leave because mm-hmm. you want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's just like anybody else. Like if yeah. you're alone, if you, if nobody looks like you, mm-hmm. if no, like if there's no comfortable space, mm-hmm. you either have to push through that and make yeah. it comfortable yeah. for yourself or you just leave. Yeah. And I think that's like the common, that's common mm-hmm. with people of color, especially it's like, okay, we walk into a space. If you don't feel comfortable, it's pretty quick to be like, oh, I need to get out of here yeah. or I need to leave. Yeah. That might not be the case, yeah. but it's like because of history, because mm-hmm. of our experiences, that's what we tend to do. Yeah. 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 And I think that, you know, we talked about it on a previous episode, but the actual genuine desire to care and take care of people mm-hmm. just because they're people in general, I think, I think that's a start for business owners. And yeah. like, if you're a business owner, especially like customer facing one, like a, you know, food service or, you know, retail store or Mm -hmm. something like that. If you don't genuinely like in your mind, like every customer that comes in your door, no matter what, um, then if you don't do that, then it's, you're sort of in the wrong industry Yeah. because it's always going to be, it's always going to feel irritating that someone's coming into your space or it's always going to feel like you're frustrated or judging them. Obviously, coffee and specialty coffee has, we play against this all the time, but intimidation mm-hmm. is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, no, really taking race or gender or whatever out of the equation, just from a customer, a novice customer to a, a more specialty customer, um, intimidation is a big problem. Right. And Um, it's because there's been so many shops out there that, um, had a sense of entitlement or thought that you've got to, you know, know a certain amount in order to come in here, or you've got to understand a certain amount or, and that obviously I feel like it could have been unintentional, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they unintentionally make their menus too complex to understand, um, or, you have to almost speak a different language to mm-hmm. really get it. Um, or the layout of the space is just weird or sizings are weird of your stuff. Or um, maybe the descriptions are funky. Right. Um, so 
that makes me wonder, like, do you want everybody in here? Or do you just want a certain type of person in here? Right. Like, are you targeting a certain demographic? Which, like, some, like, stores, shops, Mm -hmm. that's, like, that's what their niche is. Like, that's... And I think that's different. I mean, I do think that we should be all inclusive. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, like, if you go into a business model and you're like, this is... This is exactly who we're targeting. Mm-hmm. This is who we yeah. want to come in. That's kind of a different story. Mm-hmm. But it's also like um, the whole like comfortability thing too. It's also when you're walking into a place and you realize, one, nobody looks like you that's mm-hmm. a customer and nobody looks like you that's serving mm-hmm. either. So it's mm-hmm. then it's like, a, well, should I be here? Yeah, yeah. Like you're internally questioning like, okay, like why, why is there no one? Mm-hmm like that looks like me that you know that I can kind of relate to um but then it's like coffee really like bridges that gap like Mm -hmm. in our in our case because like okay what do you like to drink Mm -hmm. we'll figure it out Mm -hmm. for you like Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll do that um does it almost like break down a barrier a little bit when like if you were walking in and sort of saw yourself working Mm -hmm. does that give you like a sigh of relief or feels like maybe I could you know, yeah. hang out here more? Or? Yeah, it does. It's it's funny because I, I say it sometimes even when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll see a person of color walk in and mm-hmm. I get excited because yeah. I'm like, yes. Like, yeah. you know, one, because I want to serve them. Yeah. Um, I want to serve everyone. But it's just like, it's, it's just important that they feel loved and mm-hmm. welcomed. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's the same for me. I walk in somewhere and I'm like, okay, like, I, if I know, especially, like, I have a lot of questions. Like, I, I actually want to learn. I mm-hmm. want to know. I don't want to be spoken to like, well, you just like, I yeah. don't, like, like talk down to almost. Sure. And I'm not saying that absolutely has to do with what I look like, mm-hmm. but it's also like, okay, well, why, like, well, why can't we Well, it's generally just, saying yeah. you don't belong. Right. But, and I, again, like, especially in the coffee industry, I don't know that, especially generationally, we don't have a lot of people that are right. of the generation that grew up with a lot of deep-rooted, at least front-facing racism Mm -hmm. or things like that. Obviously, it's still heavily prevalent, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it wasn't the times of segregated schools and, you know, things of that nature. So I would give the benefit of the doubt that it's not that, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely like, oh, you don't belong here because you don't know what to do or right. you don't know how to do things or you don't know how to order or, right. you know, um, so it ends up being a little bit of the discrimination on that side, mm-hmm. um, that, which my whole argument all the time is, you know, well, all of you that are here now that are regulars or whatever, all started as coming for the first time, right? you know, right. no one that's a regular at our store, you know, automatically became one. Right. You know, yeah. we, we opened our store and everyone was new when we opened that first day. Mm-hmm. So there are no people that are like, well, this is my place. Well, at one point you were like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just from like a business sustainability standpoint, you know, you have to be generating new business all the time. And right. if you... Uh, you know, live on the backs of your regulars. Obviously, reoccurring customers are great, but, you know, life happens and they lose their job or they move away or they, you know, Mm -hmm. things go on. Mm -hmm. And if you're not continually growing your culture, then eventually you'll, 
you know, close up. Right. Um, as well as, you know, as the community around you changes or things like that, if you don't well represent that, mm-hmm. then someone else will open up that does, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, obviously, you know, we... There's also the other side, I think, on your end, both being a female and a minority, this, like, need to hire people for diversity sake. Yeah. uh, Which we've (laughs) talked about that before, too. And um, obviously that's not what we do. Right. You know, it's, uh, again, whoever applies and the most qualified is the one that gets the job. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Talk a little bit about that and, and yeah. maybe why that's good on paper but not in real life. Yeah, and I think, like, it's it's tricky. Like, it's because, yeah, you want to be all-inclusive. You mm-hmm. want to have a team that's well-rounded, everything. Mm-hmm. But I think that some businesses accidentally hire for diversity. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll they'll kind of look at their team and say, okay, well, we want to reach a broader audience with their business or whatever. So they might think, all right, well, we could bring in either more females, Mm -hmm. more males. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even based upon race to start. So it's like, I think it starts there, and then it moves into, like, okay, then we need, like, people of color Mm -hmm. or Latinas Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that... perpetuates a cycle Mm -hmm. because then you're like okay well did I only get this job because of what I look like like or is it because I actually I'm skilled and I have a lot to contribute but then it also is on the flip side Mm -hmm. is did I not get this job because of what I look like so it's this whole like back and forth struggle Mm -hmm. so it's like when you say we need to have a more diverse team like you have to be careful like because are you strictly hiring mm-hmm. like and then you're also discounting all these other people that might actually be qualified mm-hmm. but you're so honed in on like mm-hmm. no we need a man or no we need a woman no we need a person of color no we need mm-hmm. like somebody of the lgbtq community mm-hmm. you know and it's when you get that specific that's not helping mm-hmm. anything like that's just adding to the problem well and i know like Obviously, I mean, anybody who has met me or whatever, obviously it's audio as well, but I'm a white male. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I've, so that's why I always love perspective, I yeah. think, and having an open dialogue, yeah. uh, both with, um, you know, females of different age ranges or whatever, just getting their perspective. Cause I don't have that obviously, mm-hmm. as well as different cultural backgrounds, whether it be financial or uh, racial or something, but um, that's that's always the tough side too. Is that um, obviously not playing the like white life card or whatever? Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's just it gets really difficult when you hear people say, "Well, we need to hire a female because we don't have enough women," or "We need to hire a black person because we don't have enough mm-hmm. black people," or you know. Because, too, it's like, well, I didn't choose to be a white person. Right. You know, like, just my parents, I'm from my parents, and that's right. what they look like, and so that's what I look like. So doing that in any facet just isn't fair right. across the board because none of us chose our cultural background right. um, or our gender back. you know, no, none of, you know, 
just happens when we're when we're born and whatnot. Obviously, our identity can be different, but um, none of us chose where we came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I and I feel like it's hard as a business owner to say we need X diversity wise, right. um, and not then start start to marginalize any one culture, whether it be mm-hmm. marginalizing the majority or marginalizing minority. It's like, um, I don't feel like you can say that statement and then not do that in some way, not right. discriminate unintentionally right. in some way. And that's where I just think you have to, one, make accessibility in your industry mm-hmm. more open. So, mm-hmm. you know, talk to your customer base and or maybe talk to customer bases that are uh, from cultures that you're wondering why they don't feel mm-hmm. or why they're not represented uh, and then ask why I think and um, as well as then just be genuinely open like completely right. honestly open right. and say you know whoever joins the team is who joins the team mm-hmm. you know yeah. um, I mean because for us at the beginning we had a little uh, quite a few guys and now we have quite a few girls right you know and obviously we're like oh it'd be great if it was like split in half you know Mm -hmm. because then it sort of feels whatever open for everybody but it's not like we're like okay deleting all the guys right applications and only you know uh, leaving the women's applications open Mm -hmm. it's just like you said i think it becomes tricky right and it becomes very like shady sort of mm-hmm. you know? and like we're not in an industry that requires you to be one sure, or the other yeah. or anything so that's another thing it's like yeah certain industries it might so, be yeah. you have to have you know uh-huh. this for this job yeah. but it's like with us it's it's really honestly it's a creative job mm-hmm. in itself so as long as you're one willing to learn yeah which was my case mm-hmm. like I was completely honest like no I can make a cup of coffee mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. but from there mm-hmm. I don't I don't know but the willingness that I had behind it and I think like I think that's a fear sometimes too of when applying anywhere if you don't have any experience you're immediately like well I'm going to try it mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about it so they're probably not even going to like talk to me mm-hmm. so it's 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 intimidating mm-hmm. um but I don't know. From my experience, that was not the case Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah, I mean, I think, and if we try to look, I mean, obviously we're talking into the arenas of specialty coffee Mm -hmm. because that's the lens that we see this from. But you can look at this as a business owner in any industry that you're in. Um, But what's important is to look at your industry. And if you have a desire to bring more you know, cultural diversity to your industry, then look at it from the source and say, you know, well, what about, you know, for us, specialty coffee, it does feel very uh, predominantly white Mm -hmm. uh, culturally. And so if we as a whole, you know, industry-wide would like to see that change, then what do we need to do to make that happen? I don't believe it's hiring intentionally because Mm -hmm. of that but I think it's more um, creating positions at your business for and that are entry level positions like uh, not no skill but no prerequisites required so if the majority of the coffee industry 
currently is predominantly white, then everyone that has the skills or prerequisites required are all going to be predominantly white, with a small minority being uh, culturally diverse. But if we start creating positions in our businesses that are open to anyone at any skill set, then hopefully what that does is then makes it open to a much larger mm-hmm. population, mm-hmm. not just the subset that was already there, right. you know? Um, and I think that's the only way that we can, one, grow our industry mm-hmm. um, education-wise, as well as truly get diversity or cultural diversity without seeking it out right. intentionally. Right. Uh, I mean, because that's the reason that you came with us was, you know, we had a position, but we create positions in our space that are for people that have never started in coffee right. before. So you have a place at the table where at other places you may not, mm-hmm. or, um, or that may be the perception. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, I think that that, that's what I would encourage business owners in your industry. If you feel like there's a gap in your industry, then start to create positions that are for anybody. Right. You know, right. Um, obviously takes more education and takes more work on your end or, or whatever, but, mm-hmm. um, that's what could push it forward. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important to like, not be afraid to have tough conversations. Mm-hmm. Like this conversation in itself is considered a tough conversation, mm-hmm. but there's nothing heavy about mm-hmm. it. You know, it's, it's just being willing to understand mm-hmm. and say, like, okay, well, this person has this view and mm-hmm. they want to understand more about why this is, like, the why behind it. Yeah. So, but like you said, like, go to the source because that's where you're really going to get your answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, I genuinely love having these types of conversations because it's like I understand in my ignorance sort of yeah, I think yeah. that, I think like because of where I've come from background wise like I don't know what it's like to be a female and I don't know what it's like to be a minority but I would love to learn perspective mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. then I feel like as a business owner we can make much more informed company decisions right. when you know when we're like hey I wonder why you know we're not as culturally diverse as we would like I'm not going to ask everybody that's not culturally diverse, (laughs) you know, I would love to ask, you know, someone who is, uh, or maybe who's dealt with it before. Right. Um, I did hear that uh, from a friend of mine who's uh, uh, physically disabled. So, or I don't know what he likes to call it, but um, handicapped or physically disabled or whatever. Um, And, uh, I love when we were opening the space, I love to get his perspective on Mm -hmm. what is it like coming in here? Do you see any uh, limitations with mobility or, you know, um, and having those conversations that can feel awkward or difficult or um, tough to have Mm -hmm. made me then have a little bit different perspective. Right. You know, right. Because when I look in a room now, I can sort of see, oh, that doesn't make sense for him. Or Mm -hmm. if we put in something new or get new tables or, or something, I'm like, Oh, does that, you know, how does that feel for him? Um, and I think it can be the same way when you think of either gender or race or, you know, gender identity or, you know, how does it feel to walk in a room 
mm-hmm. like someone else. Right. Um, and the only way to know that, I think, is to have a conversation about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, obviously, those are always uh, tough things to really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we've talked about, uh, without naming specifically different things, but talked about the initiatives in specialty coffee that are to try to promote yeah. further diversity. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about like the rub of how it feels like it's sort of getting there, but almost creating another problem in itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk a little bit into that without getting too right. specific. But. Well, and it's like, I think when we want to like broaden and like make something more diverse, we end up making small groups mm-hmm. to like go against the problem, but mm-hmm. it actually just adds to the problem because mm-hmm. then we're still creating a pocket for minorities. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, great, we're doing these, you know events or camps or you know whatever it is mm-hmm. and then we're excluding yeah everyone that doesn't look like us mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. so it's but it's like as minorities we're excluding everyone that doesn't look mm-hmm. like us so it's like it's not blending mm-hmm. um and while it's i think the support is beautiful like to look at it and know like wow there's a place i can go where i'm not going to feel alone yeah. or you know where i can be comfortable but then it's like it, it is. It's kind of like, I look at it like summer camp. You create mm-hmm. this, and then it's like you come back home, mm-hmm. and he, like you're not at summer camp anymore. Sure. Like you're still, so did you really like m- make progress? You, you made mm-hmm. a, might have made progress internally, sure. but you're still stepping into this aloneness, this yeah. uncomfortability that you left. So I definitely think like there are strides happening just because like conversations are happening, and it's and I think people are understanding now that, like, especially with, like, specialty coffee, it's not just coffee. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a it's a job that you can have and still pursue your passions mm-hmm. and still, whether coffee is your passion mm-hmm. or whether it's, like, art, create, mm-hmm. like, whatever that is. So I think we're, like, beginning to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. It's just we have to do it in, like, conversations, like, and making sure we're not just creating the same cycle, Mm -hmm. but, like, on the flip side, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and I love that, like, summer camp idea, (laughs) because it's like, you know, you go to a all-girls camp, you Mm -hmm. go to a guys weekend, or you go to whatever, and those are, like, really great, like, mentally recharging things, and those are still healthy, you know? Uh, It's always healthy to have a girls' day or or whatever, guys' day, stuff like that. but you still have to be equipped to, like, live life in your context. Right. You know, and especially if it's a minority situation, uh, no matter why you're the minority, um, you know, because if you don't, then all you want to do is retreat back to that mm-hmm you know, private moment or something. And so you'll either retreat back fully and and not be involved in the community that you're around and only want to be tight knit with that. Or you'll just sort of go in on yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, then, you know, uh, lose some of that Mm -hmm. potential. Um, And I think that while those avenues are great, they have to do something at equipping you to deal with real life right, things. Right, right. Like, and I think, like, 
it's different if you're going to these and then you're bringing it back, sure. you're educating your team. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't know, that yeah. might not always yeah, be yeah, happening. Yeah. So it's if if that's the case, I think that's awesome mm-hmm. because then you're you're one, you're creating conversation. Yes. So you're coming back with all this information like, wow, like this is what I learned, this mm-hmm. is what I got to do associated around your business, but mm-hmm. also associated around like the the difficulties we have in our culture mm-hmm. as like just everyday battles for Mm -hmm. some people yeah yeah and I think from a practical standpoint like what a business owner can take away is like if you manage a team or you're in charge of or something you know talk with the people that represent the different groups of people you you know employ Mm -hmm. you know and like intentionally sit down and just ask questions like how does it feel when you walk in the door? How does it feel when, you know, with our menu? How do, you know, what... You know, because we don't have that perspective if somebody's different than we are. Right. Uh, no matter really why they're different, whether it's age or race or gender or whatever, um, it's important to just talk to them and ask. Um, and I know, uh, speaking from a little bit of experience, it at least in turn makes, I think you feel like your opinion's valued. Absolutely. Or your voice at least mm-hmm. is valued, uh, especially when it brings on change in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing something like that, I think is a very practical first step. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have, you know, if you're a business owner and you don't have a great, you know, culturally diverse uh group of employees then talk to your customer base and ask them too you know why or you know make a list of questions and ask them you know how they feel and um and how all that goes and um i think that i think that helps to Mm -hmm. a voice is what everybody wants right you know everybody wants to be heard and uh and listened to um and i think that's what we're trying to do when we create some of these initiatives you know, or summer camp idea. Right, for sure, for uh, sure. For a lack of a better word, it's, you know, we want everyone to feel like they can have a voice and and be heard. Mm -hmm. Um, But we may just sort of be going at it the wrong way. Right. Um, So uh, with all of that, um, I think that there's a definite positive swing, I would say. Yeah. Um, At least I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and uh, at least in our context in Indianapolis, it feels like things are changing a little bit. Yeah, I feel that too. It's just even like um, different coffee shops I go into, they it's this whole like comfortability mm. um, mindset, mm-hmm. which I think is really what is the most important because mm-hmm. regardless like who you are, what you look like, anything mm-hmm. com- like to... Open your arms, open your business, and make sure that somebody feels comfortable. That's like that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna make a change in mm-hmm. itself because you're focused on the right thing. Mm-hmm. You're not focused on anything other than like great customer service, mm-hmm. really. Yeah, yeah. And something that's been sort of fun too, I think, on our end is even uh, I've seen it a little bit more too. It's just sort of the uh, music end as well, mm-hmm. like um, taking advantage of different personalities by letting staff sort of yeah. DJ it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause obviously that can bring, 
different perspectives or yeah. cultural stuff or age stuff. You know, sure. somebody's a little bit older versus younger. They have different tastes. And so that in a turn, I think, lets our customer base know that we're like all different. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's sort of different, got yeah. a different vibe and different, you know, whatever personality. And, um, you know, music in a space always feels comfortable right. when, you know, it's something different. So I think that that's even another sort of practical step that's yeah. really easy, but uh, can also be like representing who you are. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that creates conversation in itself. Cause I mean, even at our shop, like we can joke like, oh, this is Joe's playlist yeah, yeah. or this is, you know, like mm-hmm. this is my playlist. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, sometimes it's evident, but sometimes yeah. it completely throws you off and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, who who's playing this music and where did it come from? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then that I mean that creates a conversation with your customers, mm-hmm. with with your regulars, whoever it is, um, because really like yeah we all work together, but we're serving at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So mm-hmm. we're serving a community, and most businesses are like mm-hmm. you're you're doing some type of service. So why not serve them past your product? Like mm-hmm. serve them in a way that's like integrity as well like you know you're doing so much more than just the business Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it keeps it comes all the way back around to what we said at the beginning which is you you have to genuinely care for each type of person that comes in Mm -hmm. if you have any you know negative or frustrating or discriminating opinions toward anyone that uh you know, it's different or maybe the same as you or whatever. I don't think you have a place in owning a, really a business or, you know, owning anything that's customer facing. Um, because that's always going to bleed through, Mm -hmm. you know, your genuine nature is going to bleed through. And if you have any amount of that discrimination, it's going to show up, Mm -hmm. uh, in some way. And so in my opinion, I don't feel like you have a place to be you know, involved in that way, um, where, uh, cause all it does is obviously creates again, more negativity for, uh, us who's trying to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we talked a little bit about some practical steps. Um, I think it's as business owners out there or, or people in charge of teams, I think it's important for you to take some intentional steps to have conversations with, um, people that are different than you. Um, to get a different perspective or understanding. Um, so I would, uh, we don't do a lot of homework on this podcast, uh, <laughs> but that's some homework that I would give you is uh, take time to have a conversation with someone who uh, is different than you. Uh, try to understand their perspective and, um, and at least start that as well as uh, think about your business model in a way and, are there any positions in your company that are accessible for people that maybe never worked in your industry before? Um, and if there isn't, is there a way to make one or two of them a reality? Uh, so that you can, you know, uh, reach or grow your potential, you know, culture and, and that team. So, um, and then lastly, I would highly encourage um, you as a manager or a team person uh, to support your team's cultural you know, values or cultural um, 
things that are happening. So uh, if they're super creative into music or they're really into making stuff or they're really, you know, into whatever, no matter if you feel uncomfortable or not, go and attend, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, whatever it is. Um, Because I think that that shows that we care about just you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you do or where we got to go or whatever, but you know, we care about what you do um, and we value it. Um, So I'd encourage any, everybody to do that as well. If they have the opportunity. Um, Well, thanks for being here, Corey. No problem. Super fun to, uh, to have you on. Obviously um, we're excited this month to speak with you um, uh, being celebration of everything we're celebrating here in America um, this month as well as um, but obviously this hopefully is listened to well past right now so um, yeah Um, is there any other things you wanted to share before we roll out I don't think so just be kind be kind to everyone there you go (laughs) that's really it yeah Um, so where can they find uh, you more outside of being at the shop, but yeah. maybe digitally and stuff. Um, Instagram, Hustle Queen KP, or my website is HoosierQueen.com because I'm from Indiana and I'm a Hoosier. There we go. Um, so I'll tag all of that in the show notes as well. Uh, but we're always psyched to have Corey with us. Um, she's, uh, if you've been in our shop, she's a super positive and uh, happy person to be around and just uh, uh, just a great person. Uh, person to have on the team so um we're excited about it um and uh excited for the rest of the year and what all that looks like um thanks so much for listening uh to episode 21 as we had a shot to talk with Corey today uh about uh you know some issues that are are going on in our world right now um if you want to learn more like i said about her uh click the links in the description if you'd like to learn more about indie coffee roasters Um, and everything we offer, uh, follow us on Instagram at Indie Coffee Roasters, as well as uh, you can follow along on our blog at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com, where we talk about uh, some of this stuff, as well as a lot of other things going on in the coffee industry. Um, So I'll link those below as well. Again, if you have any questions about future episodes or uh, want your questions answered, email us at hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys, so much for listening, and remember to enjoy your coffee unleashed.